Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the base keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. What's up, everybody? This is the opening line brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to be putting money in your pockets and smiles across your faces. So let's get started and enjoy the new episode. We got five minutes for us to What's up, what's up everybody? This is the opening line with your hosts Wits and Roz. We are back. We have a jam-packed week ahead of us. Wits, let's get it started though. Let's uh let's get the daily news break from Wits. What's going on in the world of the 60015? Uh, I'm still sore from Saturday, Roz. I had to sleep on the floor. Long night, a big Italian dinner, a couple bottles of wine, then a vodka club, and sleeping on the floor. Not good for wits. Uh, Are we coming up on 72 hours here? I think more than that. I mean, Sunday, almost four, it's almost going to be at 96 hours, and I'm still, um, just woke up with all sorts of aches and pains and just realized I can't sleep on the floor again. I'm I'd rather sleep in my car. Right, Rid- riddle me this though. Isn't it good for you? Like your back, or no? Is that oh, a that, myth? That is complete fabrication. So, like the Loch Ness. Ness monster sleeping on the floor is like in that same category. It, it, it was terrible, and I was hurting all day Saturday. Didn't even go out. Um, well, this was Friday night, so all didn't even go out on Saturday night. And for me, that's that's saying something. That's wow. usually a week to let party, loose. Party boy wits, baby. Party um, boy, it's no more. Um, you're ha- but I'm ready to rock. <laughs> Yeah, you're having a tough time, and so is the sports world. We we were joking about this sports abyss thing um, a couple of weeks back, but I, I get up in the morning now, I do my due diligence, and I pay attention to what's going on in the sports universe, and I turn on Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and our boy Skip Bayless. I think I think we'd have a great time if we got Skip on this show at some point. Um, and I was I was curious what the topics were going to be, what they were going to talk about. I knew there was Kawhi to keep covering, Russell Westbrook's here or there, all topics me and you were going to get to during this episode. But to my surprise, Wits, and I and you're going to have to really back me up here and help me figure out what's going on with the universe. They're talking about Marcus Morris reneging his deal with the San Antonio Spurs to go to the New York Knicks. This lasted for a good 15-minute segment on Undisputed. Talk about the sports abyss. And tell me this isn't the bottom of it. I think, I think we hit the bottom last week, Roz. I think we're finally climbing out of the cellar. We had a great home run derby, followed by a, a damn good all-star game. Got the NBA free agency period coming to fruition, finishing off with Kawhi. I mean, I know Marcus Morris was a big topic with Skip uh, and Shannon on ESPN, but we, I think we got better things to talk about. But I know we want to dive into a little bit of this Marcus Morris talk. Um, but Roz, I think we're climbing out. I think we hit the bottom of the market on the sports abyss. Cause I know we got a little football going on later today. So things are, things are on the up and up. Let's just put it that way. 
It sounds like we're working a parabola, and you think that Marcus Morris is the beginning of the uptick. Trust me, we're about to get into the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby in our new segment, Winners or Losers. Um, But yeah, it just blew my mind that that guy got so much attention. And not once, Wits, did they mention Markeith Morris, which I felt was a bit of a slight. I mean, I got twin sisters, Wits. I know how one twin feels when the other was neglected. Yeah, I mean, Marcus, Markeith... I don't know if either of them has had a huge impact on any team that they've been on. Um, maybe Marcus a little bit with the Celtics, you know, in 2017, 2018, but 15 minutes devoted to that one guy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough to watch. But let's get into the All-Star game as well as the Home Run Derby as we start this new segment, Winners or Losers. I think I'm going to take the lead on this one, Wits. I mean, you're going to be the absolute commentary, but I was the big loser this week. And I don't know if you're a winner or a loser. We did just get your story about sleeping on the floor, but I had a tough week. And this is a gambling show, and let me tell you, it was a tough gambling week. When you're in this abyss, it's tough to find things to gamble on. But the Home Run Derby comes around, the All-Star Game comes around, you start seeing dollar signs. And Wits, I went heavy. I saw the two big guys, Josh Bell and Vlad Guerrero, threw my money on them. Josh Bell, early exit. I mean, he didn't look like he was ready for a home run derby at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits a total of five out the break, um, finishing up the season with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But Vladdy, I got robbed a little bit here. 22 home runs in the final round before Pete Alonso gets to step in. Giancarlo Stanton had the record at 20 in the final round way back when he participated. And not to mention, he hit about 69 homers before that point. Vladdy coming in tired, still hit 22, and I still got robbed because our boy, the polar bear, Pete Alonso, took took the W. I think that was a little bit of a slight on your end, a New York Met guy taking my money away. Definitely shows that I'm a big loser. Yeah, I actually had Alonso. I made a little bracket, and after the first matchup, uh, Bregman versus... Who was Bregman off against? It was uh, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, right. So that really surprised me, and I had Bregman. It didn't have the greatest showing. I think Alex Bregman, if there's anybody who I want to have up at the plate in a big situation, it's him. Didn't really have a great showing in the home run derby. But after that, Roz picked every single matchup correctly in my bracket. So I have to say it was a good night. I didn't throw any money on the polar bear. I wish I would have. He's been one of the most fun stories in the league this year, hitting 30 bombs, you know, at the All-Star break. But, Roz, I have to say, I think this was the most exciting home run derby of all time. I mean, looking at Vlad, Vladdy Jr. hitting 91 dingers in a single night. I mean, some people never get to that in their entire lives in BP, all their games combined. I certainly haven't. And that was just such an awesome performance, and especially – that second round with Jock and Vladdy going to, I think it was quadruple overtime in, you know, those swing offs, which was insane. I, I love that rule. The three pitches or the three swings and that's it. And it, it's super intense. It's almost like you're aiming for a walk up each time, but they were great. Yeah, it was awesome. And just a great format. I think it's breathing a little more life back into the Derby. I think the 10 outs thing was getting a little stale and this really just lets guys, it lets them let loose. I mean, I hate to say let again, but, I mean, these guys were firing on all cylinders, and we saw a lot more homers. You know, maybe that ball was just wound a little tighter during the derby because I know everybody wants to see some dingers. But this was an awesome night, I thought, for the MLB. Pete Alonzo, um, 
just does just enough in the last round, and he really had a solid performance all night. I know that he didn't hit as many total homers as Vlad Jr., but he didn't need to, and that's the thing with being one of the top seeds is you always get to go second, um, which I think is definitely an advantage. But Vlad Guerrero, I think a lot of people are going to remember the effort that he put into this derby, kind of similar to Josh Hamilton in the 08 derby. I mean, Justin Morneau actually won that home run derby, but everybody remembers Josh Hamilton's performance there in the first round ended up only hitting three in the last round. But this was an awesome night for Major League Baseball. 23-22 in the final. It was it was great. And I have to say, Rod. Record-setting numbers there. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about the records. I know we haven't had this format for that long. I think it was 2014 or 2015. Um, so, you know, to see Vlad just shatter that record was awesome. But I thought, Roz, first round, Pete Alonzo, Batting practice pitcher for him, his brother-in-law, I think it's his brother-in-law, looked like he was trying to strike him out. I mean, the sidearm slinger reminded me of uh, one of my assistant coaches at Wesleyan just carving people up during BP. And I'm surprised he got all the way through, but Pete Alonzo just has some crazy, crazy power. I mean, some of those balls he was hitting to right center that looked like pop-ups, almost a, you know, a short right fielder. They were going over the fence, so it was, it was fun to watch. I'm glad Pete won. And then Vlad, Vladdy Jr., I mean, if he wasn't already high up on the national stage, everybody knows about him now, and he put on an absolute show on Monday night. Right. I think Vlad definitely made the name for himself, and obviously he was the number one prospect coming into this season, so it wasn't hard for him to extend that name. But my losing continues, by the way, in this segment. It's not over yet. All the money I lost on the Home Run Derby, I would say this is the equivalent of doubling the loss. I put my bet in. For the AL, trying to match what I lost for the home run derby. But I was in the mountains, wits. That's what we have out here in L.A. And the text never got through, meaning oh. the bookie could not put it on the book. And that's one of, those, one of those moments guys just hate. There's a lot of things in guys' life that you frown upon and are just low points. And that, when the cell connection isn't working and your bet doesn't get in and you watch your team win it, but you don't get the cash the next Monday. It's 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 a tough way to go. So I'm gonna say I double lost, and that's almost like doubling the amount of money I lost this week. It was tough. It was hard to watch, especially since that wasn't the most fun AL NL All Star game I've ever seen. Four three, the final score. The pitching was out of its mind. Um, love the Justin Verlander Freddie Freeman matchup we saw in the first inning. But other mm-hmm. than that, not a lot of high flying heroics. Not a lot of homers. I know uh, Charlie Blackman popped one out there. But, uh, Wits, what was your takeaway on this year's All-Star Game? Seven in a row, by the way, for the American League. Yeah, it's crazy out of the last, I think it's like 35 games, how dominant the AL has been. I mean, you think about two leagues. You figure the teams are going to be pretty even, but it's crazy. The AL just always seems to beat up on the NL. This was kind of a refreshing game, Roz. I know that offense and home runs have been really the theme of this season, but it was nice to see a little 4-3 victory there by the AL striking out 16 National League batters over the course of the night. Um, Shane Bieber took home the MVP, striking out the side in his inning. Araldis Chapman got the save for the AL, uh, was untouchable in the ninth. I mean, I know a couple of those guys were pinch hitters. Not not a guy you want to face coming cold off the bench in an all-star game. Araldis Chapman chucking it at 100-plus with a dirty slider. But this was a this was a fun night. It's always it's always nice to see all these guys get together, and then especially with the mics, you know, Freddie Freeman, Mike Trout, all those different guys. It, it was fun. It's always always a good time seeing the best players in the game play together. 
So it was a solid night, and I think this will make for a pretty darn good second half here in the MLB. Super excited for the second half. We're going to have to postpone your power rankings for another week. We'll let them get back to work, and then we'll put you back to work. You know, um, but it's always great to hear them mic'd up. I think that's the most fun part, getting to hear these players talk while they're playing. They had Yelich and Bellinger on at the same time, and they are hysterical. Great guys. I actually got to meet Yelich way back when. That was a story I believe I told on our old podcast. Um, but that was a long intro. It's time to get to what was the biggest news of the last week, and that is Kawhi Leonard has decided to sign with the Clippers. But not only did he sign with the Clippers, he put his GM cap on and got them to trade a whole horde of picks for Paul George. And now we've got arguably one of the best defensive teams in the NBA because of this trade and sign, but also one of the best two-way players of all time in Kawhi Leonard. Clippers, the new odds on favor to win the NBA title. What was your initial reaction to this Kawhi Leonard news? And I know you were asleep when it came out because it was 2 a.m. your time. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I loved it. Um, I wish I had put some money on the clips at 16 to one before this move happened, but I didn't have the foresight. It's okay though. Now they are the favorite. I think they're at three plus 350, something around there, three to one, four to one. But Roz, this is a scary, scary lineup. I mean, you take a playoff team and add two of the best wing defenders in the league, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Pair them up with Big Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, uh, Maurice Harkless. This is going to be a very, very good Clippers team. And you just did your best I, Snoop Dogg impression with Ma, Montrez Harrell. You did Montrezl, Snoop D-L, double, dizzle, whizzle, trezzle. You really yeah, went there. Whizzle, I love Montrezl. I think he's a extremely <laughs> fun player to watch. Um, but yeah, the Lakers waiting out to sign that max player. Thought it was going to be Kawhi, but not so fast. LeBron might not even have the best team in L.A. next season. But Raz, I love the move. This is going to be a super exciting team. Boardman gets paid. Give me all of it. The Clippers, they're going to be scary. They're going to be tough, tough to play on the offensive side of the ball because they've got a dynamite defensive lineup here. You better come through with your word there and buy that T-shirt. Boardman gets paid because that's definitely going to be your motto moving forward here. Now, Kawhi definitely shook things up. He definitely kept the parody alive in the NBA. And there's a lot to be said about the two LA teams. I mean, Danny Green and DeMarcus Cousins are no slouches. I think we're great ads for the Lakers in place of Kawhi Leonard. Um, But there is a piece that hasn't moved yet that is clearly shaken up a little bit. We know that Paul George will be joining this team. Paul George sounds like he wanted out after back-to-back years of first-round exits. He comes home to LA. He'll be the second guy there, and that's what he needs to be. It seemed at certain points that it was 1A and 1B in Oklahoma City, and they couldn't really figure it out. I mean, Paul George finished third in MVP voting this past season. Uh, But we got to talk about his teammate, a guy who has now been ditched twice, once by KD, once by now Paul George. Russ Westbrook, a lot of uncertainty. There's three teams we're seeing wits, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, and the Miami Heat the Pistons being the most likely to get him due to cap space and trade potential, whereas Miami would have to give up a whole lot and get a third team in there just to make cap space after signing Jimmy Butler. And then the Houston Rockets, to me, I hear that, but they already have Chris Paul. I'm not sure what that would mean. I don't think you're going to shop Chris Paul to uh, Oklahoma City. That would just be such a sad place to see his career come to an end. What's your take so far on Westbrook, and do you have any initial thoughts 
Let's do your foresight here. Let's see if you can put money on it. Tell me where you think Westbrook's going. Well, I think out of all the teams you mentioned, I think Miami makes the most sense. Um, you know, I don't necessarily love the fit of Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, but I think the Heat are one of the few teams that are willing to take on not only Westbrook's contract, but his personality. Um, and they might be the only one. So Pat Riley has been a deal maker in the past, and I think that they might try to make things work. I mean, the guy's 74 years old. Has, you know, his, his teams as a player, as a coach, as a GM, have made the NBA Finals 17 times. So you know the guy is hungry for another title. Russell Westbrook, while I don't think he would lead them to a championship, he's going to bring them closer than they are right now. I know they don't want to give up guys like Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, but they might just have to to bring in a guy like Russell Westbrook. I don't see him going to the Rockets for pretty much the same reasons that you mentioned. Um, the Pistons don't think it would be a great fit either. I think he would kind of run into a similar wall that he's ran into in Oklahoma City, not been able to get over the top. I'll give you a dark horse team, though. The Minnesota Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Jared Culver, Westbrook could vault that team into the title conversation. So there's a little bit of foresight. I like Miami, but maybe Minnesota makes a move here to acquire Westbrook. Hey, man, preach preach it. Honestly, that would be a sweet team to have him go to. But once again, money being the issue here with well, the fact that you'd have to pay Westbrook nearly $40 million, if not this year, for sure next year. And you just gave Andrew Wiggins that massive extension. It looks tough for him to fit in there. That would be an awesome fit. If we could have GM Wits pull this one off, I'm all in. I think that makes the Tim rules an instant contender right now. But Wits, Westgate kind of agrees with you here. The Rockets, who were at plus 1,200, remain at plus, or were at plus 1,000, moved down to plus 1,200. The Heat of all teams, plus 20,000 to plus 4,000 with this Westbrook talk. The Pistons did make a little bit of a move themselves from plus 1,000 to, uh, I'm wrong, plus 20,000 to plus 10,000. Um, it looks like it's it's leaning towards the heat, but they need to get a lot done there. And like you said, I don't know about the fit once that's once that's in place. Jimmy Butler and Westbrook don't seem like they'd be the teammates to carry a team to the NBA Finals. I know they have a nice lot of picks that they've just recently acquired. So we'll see what the Heat can do. Um, Westbrook, to me, though, doesn't change the landscape. I don't think he's going to get past either L.A. team, dash the Bucks, Sixers, Rockets, or Warriors. Um not to mention there's a bunch of teams behind those I just named that have an awesome chance moving forward. So let's get into that. I'm starting to name odds. I just sent you the list that Westgate just updated today for us. Wits, I gave a call to Vegas. I was like, hey, get us your most up-to-date odds on next year's NBA champions. And we're sitting with the Clippers at plus 350 at the top, followed right behind by the Bucks and Lakers at plus 450, Sixers at plus 800, Rockets plus 1,200 with the Warriors, and then two teams I like, the Jazz and Nuggets, plus 1,400 and plus 1,600. Uh, we need to pick some value teams here. And then me and you, you know what we do best. We pick our way too early champions for next season. So we're going to do that. But what are some value picks you see early on? I mean, obviously me and you are hot on the plus 3,000 for the Blazers. <laughs> yeah, I think you're getting a little bit of value at plus 1600 for the Nuggets. I think that's, you know, about about a fair value spot for them when you're looking at all the teams in front of them, but this is a team that's returning, you know, Nikola Jokic, who is a I think a solidified MVP candidate. You've got Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. 
This team is just going to get another year of experience. And they were the two seed in the West last year. So with all this talent spreading out now, the Nuggets are a team that I think, um, you know, they didn't get any worse. And I think they're a team with another year of experience. They could make a lot of noise in the playoffs, especially in a West where the Warriors at plus 1,200 are not the same Warriors that they were last year. So I think the Nuggets, if you're looking for a team a little bit farther down the board, plus four, or excuse me, plus 1,600, I'd throw a few dollars that way. Yeah, I'm going to look east here. The Celtics not getting a whole lot of love. Plus 2,500. They started right after the finals at plus 700. Not a lot of love for Kemba here and not a lot of love for the young guys. I'm, I'm going to go with the Celtics. It's the value here. Think about the East. It just opened up a little bit with the Raptors no longer having Kawhi. With the Nets not going to have KD all season long. The Sixers are the Sixers. I mean, they're getting a lot of love right now, but let's be honest. They have not been that great together. They also just lost Jimmy Butler, um, a person who was super influential in their postseason run. And Bede and Simmons don't seem to gel the way we'd hope they would. And Simmons can't shoot the ball. So to... To the, for them being plus 800, that's like putting your money in a trash can. And I don't care what you think, Wits. I think the Celtics, to me, should be, other than the Bucks, the next favorite out of the East. Obviously, I like the Bucks, although, they again, they lost some pieces, too, that uh, were a little upsetting. I don't think by pairing up Rook with his twin Robin, it's like a twin theme today, I don't think that's going to make them much better. But uh, that's why I like the Celtics. They're definitely my value pick here at plus 2500 get your money from Roz Bay right now and uh we're gonna move forward with our way too early picks wits I don't know if you want me to go first or if you got your champion for next season but you uh, uh, you take it you take it first I'll, wow okay no forward. no copycatting here because I know I know you look to me for advice when it comes to picking champions you're not you're not great in that area I'm stuck in I'm stuck in New York and the Giants and the Mets Power to you if you choose the Knicks somehow. I mean, Julius <laughs> Randle looks like the next coming of uh, Michael Jordan. Um, but for me, it's it's pretty simple here. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Worst odds for me to take just because it's there's no money to win, basically. But plus 350, I think the Clippers are the most well-rounded team. And at the end of the day, Wits, not just in the NFL, but in all sports, Defense wins championships, and it's been a minute since a defensive team was able to win the NBA title or be at the forefront of the NBA race. I love it. Give me the Clippers, plus 350. I think they're going to go up against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be the year of Giannis again. I'm pulling for him to go back-to-back in the MVP race. I'm going Clippers over Bucks in six. That's my way-too-early prediction. Wow. Uh, God, the Clippers are such a great team right now on paper, but I just can't I can't do the plus 350. It's just not – the odds aren't tall enough for me. So I'm going to go a little bit down the board here, Roz, with a guy who has been a theme of the show the past month, the Portland Trailblazers and in Lillard. I'm going to take them plus 3,000 right now to win the NBA title. I think that's about 12th best on the odds looking at all the teams, and I'm going to go out on the limb and say Damian Lillard has one of the best postseasons ever next year, and they will take down the Milwaukee Bucks in the 2020 NBA championship. Bucks, Celtics, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Portland versus the Clippers in the Western Conference. Write it down. 
piece of paper. Put your money on the Blazers right now, plus 3,000. Great pick. Hey, we're in the digital age, Wits, so they don't even need to put it on paper. We can just track this episode, cut it up, and post this on everywhere we need to in case you're super wrong. Hey, and if you're right, we can give you props where props are due. Uh, Cut it up right now. Save it. Save it. Save it. I just, no more flex time. We are saving it. There is no chance this computer gets lost. All right, Wits, let's make a contract agreement right now. Let's put to rest the NBA. It is time to move on. They had their postseason. They had their regular season, and they just sucked us in with their offseason. Let's make an agreement, barring LeBron and Zion make a weird retirement notice, and barring the Westbrook deal, that me and you won't talk about the NBA until the NBA returns or just before when we do a season preview. Yeah, this is like, you know, a little kid who had too much sugar. He's running around, bouncing off the walls. Now we're going we're gonna to put him to bed. Take a little nap, a couple hours, be good to go. We're going to wake up refreshed sometime in November, get back in the swing of things. But we got a lot of things cooking right now, mainly the NFL. So I agree with you. We're going to put the NBA to rest. It's been an unbelievably fun offseason, finally capped off with the Kawhi signing. So things are good in the NBA. We're going to leave it to rest, and then we're going to start the madness again at the start of the season. And let's get to our favorite sports, which you just alluded to it. It is NFL time. We are under 60 days until kickoff. And for me and you, that couldn't be more important. It's going to be Bears, Packers, me and you going toe-to-toe. We we promise that there will be an awesome bet that me and you make for this show that we'll put on digital files so people can see. We'll do a video tribute, barring on the winner. So... What we do on our old show, if you are new to the opening line and didn't hear us on the Sporting Edge, we break down each position fantasy football-wise, and we will tell you where to draft, who to draft, and what position we think is the most valuable. We start, obviously, with the most important part of the offense, and that is the quarterbacks. So today, we will be talking quarterbacks, going through the fantasy list from top to bottom where we think the best value is and who the best player is going to be this season. We're actually also going to cover the NFL Network's top 25 all-time QB list that they just put out. They usually do that once every 25 years. And then obviously, it's time to do some real picks, preseason Super Bowl picks. If you remember, Wits chose the New York Giants two years in a row. So we'll see if that is going to be a pattern that continues. I mean, they have got a tall hill to climb, but we'll see when Wits makes his pick at the end of the segment but Wits I know you've got the list we're looking at it I think the number one's clear and I know it's not my boy so this is the first time I haven't said number one in Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence but how do you draft another quarterback that isn't Pat Patrick Mahomes first you don't I mean look at this guy almost had 500 fantasy points last year 75 points ahead of number two and Roz I will give you a lot of money if you could tell me who the second best quarterback in fantasy football was last year? Is it my boy Andrew Luck? Nope. Wow. He Is was it my boy four. Aaron Rodgers. Nope. He was number seven. All right. So clearly, I'm not going to get this. So I didn't win any money. I I'll just throw out Matt Ryan because you love Matt Ryan so much. That it was a great call. Matt Ryan was actually number three. Number two, the second best fantasy quarterback in the league last year was actually Big Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. So all you non-believers, we got Ben all the way down at number 15 this year, but he finished last year at number two, throwing for 34 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. So a little bit of value late in the draft. 
Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who just doesn't seem to age. He's been hurt every year since he was a rookie. It looks like he was 35 on draft night, and he's still right around there. Ben Roethlisberger was number two last year. I would say me and you, since we're about to break down these quarterbacks, me and you have somewhat of the same method when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. In our league, the quarterback is nice, and it would be great if we could consistently get over 20 points from them. I had Aaron Rodgers last season, so it wasn't going that way. And I I might have reached in the third round for him. But me and you typically look later for quarterbacks. We don't necessarily need the top of the heap, you know. Like you just said, Ben Roethlisberger is sitting 15 on our list, as well as Jared Goff at 13, Philip Rivers at 16, who's a fantasy stat corrector or stat put-upper. So me and you typically wait. What kind of round do you suggest or what or which round do you suggest kind of reaching for a quarterback or starting to anticipate that you're going to draft one? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously it depends what type of league you're in. You know, our league, one quarterback league, 10 teams. I mean, the value of a quarterback definitely isn't as great, you know, as compared to a two quarterback league, because even the top guy, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think is head and shoulders above the rest of the field. But when you're looking at all the value that you can find in those kind of rounds, the running back and receiver and tight end position, you know, only having one quarterback in your starting lineup definitely changes my view on the position. Um, so I look towards the later rounds because unless I get, the, I think, the top guy in Patrick Mahomes, who I think will be a second-round pick in our draft, I'd almost look towards rounds you know, six through nine to get a guy in the top 10 to 12 that I think is going to be comparable um, to the top five. I mean, take out Patrick Mahomes. I'm not super sold on anybody on this list. You know, we've got Andrew Luck at number two, Watson at number three. But for me personally, I'm waiting on a quarterback unless I get a good spot to take Mahomes because I just I just don't see reaching for it when you've got all these great running backs and receivers. And if you pick the right ones, I mean, you're going to be on your way to a fantasy title. I wouldn't be surprised. And which we've got a couple of guys in our league, shout out Landon Cohen and Jared Rubin, if Pat Mahomes didn't go in the first round. I think those two guys, if they're later in the first round, look to draft him. He did put up a ton of numbers, and it might entice one of them to reach. I don't think I would. And like you said, I'm not sold on the next two quarterbacks. So I could be sitting there to the late rounds. I don't think I'm willing to spend a number one or a number two pick on Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson. One, Watson's injury prone. He's a mobile quarterback. He does have the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, in DeAndre Hopkins. And Luck, it's what can you be consistent? Obviously, he had all the injury issues, and last year came out through 39 touchdowns, only behind that of the 50 that Pat Mahomes threw. So Andrew Luck, if he can put a consistent stretch together, then he becomes that up tier or top tier quarterback that you might draft in the first two rounds. But right now, other than Mahomes, I don't draft any quarterback in the first two rounds. I do see my boy, and it could happen in back-to-back seasons for me. If it fell at three, and if I had the sexy turnaround at three, four, I might take Aaron Rodgers. That's just me. I love having Packers on my team, especially since we are Super Bowl bound. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to have an awesome season. I think I would value him higher than Watson and Luck. I don't know if you agree with me, but coming into this season, I just feel good about where the Packers New head coach's head is at, as well as our defense. I think we're a team that's going to put up 30 points a week, and Aaron Rodgers then instantly comes valuable again and is one of the top fantasy options, period, of position. 
I am not touching Aaron Rodgers with a 10-foot pole, wow. mainly because of the fact that the guy, he's injury prone. I can't justify taking a guy that early who's projected to be that good because he's Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the concussion issues, the knee issues, he's a great quarterback and probably the best pure, I think, pure passer in the league. I know Mahomes put up an awesome year. I just still think Aaron Rodgers is the best passer in the game. Um, and I think you could definitely make an argument for him. But I just I can't justify taking a guy who's getting older. He's injury prone. I just don't like it. And I'm also not taking Patrick Mahomes because I just don't I don't see myself getting that type of production from him again. I mean, 50 touchdowns has only happened a handful of times in the history of the league. And looking at number two, Andrew Luck, the year to take Andrew Luck was last year because he was a guy who was near the bottom of a lot of starting boards, um, was coming off a lot of injuries. And now at number two, I mean, he's probably appropriately valued, but another guy, a lot of injury concerns up near the top of this board, looking at Luck, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Roz, I got to get your take on number five, Baker Mayfield. I, I, there's no way that he's the number fifth, or excuse me, number five top-rated quarterback from a fantasy perspective. I just I can't see it this year. The amount of weapons he has, I beg to differ. I think Baker is about to put on a year like Andrew Luck had last year. I think we're going to see upwards of 35 to 40 touchdown passes from Baker. He was impressive for a rookie, and I don't think there's going to be a sophomore slump. I actually like him there. I could see myself, if he falls to the fifth round, being, hey, it's Baker time. And I don't say that often about Cleveland Browns, and I think you have a bias because of how bad the Browns have been for the duration of our life. I'm loving Baker at five. I would usually make the argument for Russell Wilson to be above him, maybe even Matt Ryan, but Russell Wilson has lost a lot of pieces in Seattle, and that Seattle team is going to be absolutely atrocious. A word you like to use. I mean, this team has fallen apart and is limping into the regular season, so I'm not valuing Russell Wilson. He's actually on my big bust list since we're about to get into our busts and sleepers. Uh, Matt Ryan always has Julio Jones, and and also now with, uh, I'm forgetting his name, um, Calvin Ridley, right, uh, out of Alabama. He's got a great receiving core. Matt Ryan, if they keep putting the ball in his hand, he throws the ball more than any other quarterback in the league. So I'm loving it there. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan as a potential sleeper. I know he's sitting there at seven, but he's a guy that I could see reaching on fifth or sixth round. Wits, behind that, you're starting to see some of the older guys fall. Drew Brees at nine, a guy who continuously puts up over 4,000 yards. And Tom Brady all the way down at 21. Talk to me about these veteran quarterbacks. Are they valued way too low, or are they kind of in the right spot that you might jump on them late rounds seven through nine? I think I would love to get one of these guys in the late rounds. And, and Roz, one of the things you want out of a fantasy quarterback, you want a guy who's going to be under center every week. I mean, Matt Ryan, say what you want about the guy, but he's only missed two games in his career, and that was back in 2009, his second year in the league, played 14 games. Other than that, has played the entire slate throughout his whole career. So there's a guy who just he just chucks the ball up there and he'll throw he'll throw for 30 touchdowns. Um, you know, he's projected for 29 this year. Probably will throw for in the neighborhood of 4300 to 5000 yards. I mean, there's a guy if you're looking for value, not set, not a sexy pick at all, but you're right. He does have a ton of weapons. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, great backfield there. Um, Matt Ryan's a guy I look at and then Drew Brees I mean, here's a guy who just defies, just like Tom Brady, just kind of defies aging. 
I mean, he missed one game last year, but has played a full slate of 16 games since 2005 before that. I mean, when I draft a quarterback, I want a guy who's going to be under center every week. And Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, except for the one year where he tore his ACL um, in kind of a freak play. I mean, those are guys who I think are going to help you win leagues if you can draft some stud running backs and receivers because they're not really at the top of this board. And they're guys who are going to put up 18 to 20 points almost every week. And, you know, they're not the, not the really sexy picks anymore, but they're guys I would love to have on the team because I just I can't justify, you know, the top five right now with all the injury risk, you know, with Mahomes, Luck, Watson, Rodgers, and Mayfield. And I'm going to give you a little brushback on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a guy who I would love to have on my team. Has not missed a game Who's yet. Who's he throwing the ball to? I don't care that he hasn't I, missed a game. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. Russell Wilson That offense runs had, the ball 52% of the time. Yeah, but you bring, up a, you bring up a good point. A Seattle team that's not supposed to do very well this year, Russell Wilson is a guy I think more than any other quarterback in the league that literally puts the team on his back and has not missed a game in his entire career. He's going to be doing a lot of stuff. Also, pretty good at running the ball as well. So I think he's going to be all over the place. And as long as he can stay healthy, I do worry a little bit about that. Um, but Russell Wilson at the right spot, I would love to have him on my team. Fair. Before we get into the bus, I just wanted to say a couple. Of, I, want to be, I want to be positive on this show. So we're going to start with sleepers and great value here. Which I'm going to take the lead on this one, and I'll let you start with the bus when we get there. Because I got a ton of bus. I am about to rip into the quarterbacks of the NFL. But sleepers I'm seeing, how about Jimmy Garoppolo at 18? I love this. Coming off the ACL, I know you're worried about injuries. You have harped on it all day so far today about injuries. But Garoppolo, again, a newer offense with a lot of talent around him, young talent also. I think Garoppolo could be a fantasy staple this year at the quarterback position. Phillip Rivers, like I said earlier, I hate on the guy because this guy is a pro at losing football games. But... He is a pro at also putting up fantasy stats. I love Phillip Rivers. Not a whole lot changed there in terms of the talent he has. In fact, it's young talent that's getting better. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers is a great pick. Again, I'm looking to draft a quarterback this year from 6 to 9, and I think all these guys I'm mentioning are going to be in that realm. I really also like Tom Brady, minus the fact that he did lose Rob Gronkowski. They're just going to place in another big tight end for him to throw it. I mean, just look at what they've done since Aaron Hernandez left. They just put new tight ends in every year. Um, so I, I like Tom sitting there at 21. I've had Tom on some of my championship fantasy teams, so I'm going to root for him. So Tom, Phillip, and my boy Jimmy G are kind of my sleepers that I, I, I really value around the 6-9 to nine range. More Jimmy G and Tom, 8-9 to nine range. But that's that's what I'm looking at for quarterbacks. Any sleepers you see, guys that you like moving forward? Yeah, there's two guys on my list, and I can't say that one of these guys is going to be my starting quarterback. Just like I mentioned, the league format that we're in, there's, there's a lot of guys that are ahead of them. But in some two-quarterback leagues, um, two guys I'm looking at right now, one of them, Matthew Stafford. This is a guy who I think kind of fell by the wayside last year, only 21 touchdowns, 37 yards, had not thrown for under 4,000 yards since 2010 when he missed 13 games. So Matthew Stafford is a guy I'm looking to bounce back a little bit. I mean, there's no doubt that he's got one of the most talented arms in the league. And I just I just don't see him putting up the lack of production that he put up last year. I think he's going to throw for 4,500 yards this year. And then also another guy, Josh Allen, I think. 
think Josh Allen is due for a breakout season with the Buffalo Bills. He started 12 games last year, only put up 10 touchdowns, 2,000 yards, also rushed for 630 yards and eight touchdowns, Roz. I mean, he was the best running quarterback in the league last year. I mean, that title has gone to Cam Newton, I think, since he was a rookie in the NFL. But Josh Allen, I think, is going to put up some big numbers this year. And I'm looking for 25 touchdowns out of him. I think he might hit the 4,000-yard plateau. So those are two guys near the bottom of the rankings for me at 19 and 24 that I think can make a big impact on a lot of teams in two quarterback leagues. And, you know, maybe if you got if you pick a guy near the top and he gets hurt, I think those are great guys to have as backups in a league like ours this year. And right before I get to my burn list, which is all the busts I see looking at this list, Derek Carr in the 10th round. I guarantee you everyone listening to this show has the option to draft him in the 10th round. This is going to be a guy on the up and up. A.B. I think is what helped contributed to Ben Roethlisberger's stats. A.B. with Derek Carr. I'm loving it. I'm feeling good about it. I've had more voice cracks today, Wits, than I've had through puberty. Um, let's get to the bus. I'm just going to start rattling off. Well, Cam Newton, a guy who doesn't play very hard, a guy who's had chronic shoulder injuries, goes against what you say principally, don't draft him. Carson Wentz hasn't been on the field forever. Don't draft him. Kyle Murray, rookie and in one of the worst offenses I think there is out there. You saw what they did to David Johnson last year. I'm not feeling confident about it. Kyler Murray is a guy that's going to need to grow for the next three seasons before he becomes a viable fantasy quarterback. He's sitting here at 10. Absolute bust. We're moving on to the next one. Jameis Winston at 12. Couldn't be more of a bust if you tried. Stay away from him. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are about to finish third in the NFC East this year. I don't like anything other than Ezekiel Elliott on this Dallas Cowboys team. Bust market down. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football further than five yards. Bust market down. I'm really ripping these ones now. Yes. Uh, anybody else? I mean, I, I don't even have any room for any more busts with all yeah. the ones. I'm, I'm just telling, I'm helping the listeners here. I'm making sure they don't draft a bad quarterback for their team. And the last one is only because I'm angered about your 10 foot pole comment about Aaron Rodgers. Don't draft Mitch Trubisky. You saw what happened to Blake Bortles the year after they went 12-4. It will be a repeat. Mitch will go 4-12 with the Chicago Bears this year, losing on opening day to Aaron Rodgers and the Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. Your turn for busts, my friend. Wow, my list definitely isn't as long as yours, but I'll tell you a couple guys I'm going to stay away from. Number one, I don't know if I'm going to get thrown off the podcast, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers wow. will finish as a top 10 Tread lightly. quarterback this year. Wow. Mark it down. We're going to play this clip right next to the Portland Trailblazers clip when they win the NBA title. Aaron Rodgers is going to finish outside of the top 10. I do happen to agree with you, though, on the Kyler Murray pick. Um, he was such a dynamic playmaker in college, but I think he's in for a little bit of a rude awakening here in Arizona with an offensive line that is in, I think, the bottom five in the league. This is going to be tough sledding for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals this year. Um, I know they're going to be down a lot. I know he's going to have to throw the ball, but I think this is going to be this is going to be definitely a learning curve for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm staying away from him. Um, looking a little farther down the list. I'm going to stay away from Dak Prescott. I mean, he's been he's had a solid career so far, but I just don't think from a fantasy perspective he's going to give you much muster. Did rush for six touchdowns last year. That was good for second among all quarterbacks, but I don't like Prescott this year. 
And then you know, we look at the top of the list. I'm going to say that out of the top five right now, only one of those guys is going to finish in the top five at the end of the year. And just once again, that's Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Baker Mayfield. One of those guys will finish in the top five. So I think if those guys are on your team, you're in a little bit of trouble. Wow. Because you said what you just said, it leads into the perfect segue to the NFL top 25 QBs of all time. I just want you to know this. Aaron Rodgers is currently ranked 10th. And this is with his career not even done yet. One, I disagree with this. I think he should be higher up. There's people on this list. I mean, I know his stats aren't quite where Dan Marino's are yet, but he did win a Super Bowl. And for Dan Marino to be six on this list, or seven, I apologize. For him to be seven, it's, it's a little off for me, especially with Brett Favre and Bart Starr winning more titles than him and Brett Favre having more wins and more or in better stats than Dan Marino. But I just think the Packers should be within the top 10. None of them are, except for Aaron at 10. We've got Bart at 13 and Brett at 12. But we'll get off the Packer train for a little bit because I'm still a little heated about Xander's comments. Top three is interesting because the top three, two of which were our lifetime wits. And on this top 25 list, a majority of these quarterbacks have played in our generation. And I think that's just a style of game changing, which is kind of why I respect where they put Bart Starr. It's more of a passing league now than it was way back when. But Peyton at three and Tom at one. What do you think? I, I like it. I think they're they're spot on. You know, Tom Brady, when he won that last Super Bowl, really cemented himself. I mean, if he didn't do it with the Atlanta Super Bowl, I think he certainly didn't did it last year. Um you know, and it's hard to judge these guys, Roz, because a lot of them, you know, we haven't seen play ever. And I think going back to make a baseball comparison, Ken Griffey Jr., I thought, just made a great, great quote during the Futures game on Sunday night, um, talking about, you know, comparing guys and who's the best ever. And he basically said, you know, you can't really make the argument because you have to look at guys on their eras and how good they were relative to the competition and I just love that quote by Ken Griffey, who is said to be might might be the best baseball player of all time. Um, I know he was hurt, you know, a lot more in his career than people would have wished. But I mean, the kid, he was one of the most electric players in the history of the major leagues. And he, he brings up a great point. I haven't even seen half these guys play before and neither of the guys who've written these articles. So you're luck. You know, we are lucky that we've gotten to see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play for as long as as they did, and Tom Brady's still going. Peyton Manning, I think he could go down as the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. The way that he was able to take control of the game is unlike, I think, anything I've ever seen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does does his best impression of it, um, but Peyton Manning was awesome. And then, obviously, you got love for the Packers, Brett Favre and Bart Starr, but I think this is a pretty solid list. I mean, guys like Staubach, Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, never got to see him play. Even Joe Montana, but I like the list. Solid. It's fun to you know look back and see all these good names. Um, but yeah, we'll see if Aaron Rodgers can move his way up the list this year. I think ultimately Rodgers is going to move up. I think he's going to finish way higher than he is right now. But I'm going to pay my respects to Brady and Montana here. Brady did solidify that last Super Bowl win that he is ahead of Montana on this all-time list, and people arguing against that. I don't really see the argument you have here. He has six rings. There will never be a quarterback, in my opinion, to do what Tom Brady has done. And you can say a lot of it's Belichick or whoever you want to say it is. 
But I think Brady rightfully is number one. And Montana, for the longest time, was number one. And I used to say it all the time. He just got passed up. And Montana, sitting at two, is not a problem. He's a Hall of Famer. What more could you ask for? This is a list from NFL.com. So, Joe Montana, incredible career. I totally think they got the top three right, minus Peyton Manning. I think you could slip a Packer up there. I mean, once again, if there weren't, wasn't Brett Favre's records to break, Peyton Manning wouldn't have any records to break. I don't think that made any sense at all. But, it did, Brett, but it's okay. It's fine. I just, I just feel a little bit slated that the Packers were ranked so low on this list. Again, there's been 100 years of football starting in September this week or this year with Bears-Packers. And for the top 25 to have three Packers, pretty, pretty impressive. Wits, let's do it. We got to give our picks before we leave the show today. We're going to pick your AFC side and your NFC side and then give me your champion. You gave me the NBA first, so I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Rip it, Wits. Very spooky. Um, NFC, I'm going to go with my hometown, Chicago Bears. I think they they were one goalpost away from moving on, and I think they could have made a run at the Super Bowl this past year. But I love Matt Nagy and what they're doing over there in Chicago. And I think with that defense, we could see something similar, you know, to the the Bears that Rex Grossman led to the Super Bowl, and you know, a little a little bit of taste of the 1985 Bears with Khalil Mack leading the way over there. So I like the Bears and the NFC, and then AFC. I can't pick against them. Every year people try to do it, and it never works. I'm going to go with the Patriots again, and I'm going to take the Chicago Bears over the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl this year. Good odds there, 14 to 1 for the Bears, so that's a good money pick, good value on that one. New England 6 to 1 tied with the Kansas City Chiefs at the top of this list. The Rams and uh, Saints are sitting there at 8 to 1, the Colts 12 to 1. So they're fifth best odds moving in here and then our Bears and Packers squared up at 14 to 1 with the Philadelphia Eagles and right behind the Cleveland Browns. I'm one year too soon, so I'm not going to put 16 to 1 Browns in my AFC spot. I'm going with the Patriots. Let's be honest, Wits. We've done this show for a long time now, and I've always been the realist that at least puts the Patriots in the Super Bowl every year. I haven't picked them to win it every year, but they have been my AFC champion year in and year out on this show. And it's about damn time, Wits. 14-1, to small market team up north in Wisconsin, green and yellow, the Packers. 14-1, win the Super Bowl, coming out of the NFC. This is going to be Aaron Rodgers' best shot moving forward. we got a a lot of nice young pieces and a lot of new defensive talent. Feeling good about this. We're going to average 30 points and only allow 14 points a game. Green Bay Packers, they take down the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game to go and face the Patriots and win the NFL Super Bowl Vince Lombardi trophy. Wow. Packers not making the playoffs. You heard it here first. All right. Here's our wager. If that does happen, I will get a Bears tattoo on my butt cheek. (laughs) No way, but I'll take that bet right now. All right. Packers to make the playoffs. You've heard it here first. We'll have to post images, of course, if this does occur. If the Packers do not make the playoffs, I will get a friendly-looking Chicago Bears tattoo right on my butt cheek. Wits, it's come to the end of this show. We got we got a lot coming up, Wits, and uh, 
I let you start the show off with a speech. I'm going to let you give your outro speech here. Anything in the world that's grinding your gears today? Any curb thoughts? Any Larry David moments you've had in the last three days? Um, nothing that's grinding my gears, Roz, but I was walking through Woodman's the other day, and Woodman's is a huge grocery tra- chain up here in the Midwest. And I was thinking, I was walking down the aisle at Cheeses, and there's like 56 different brands of cheese. And my first thought was, all these different brands in the store, how do people get around to trying them? Like when you're growing up, how do people pick these different brands with, you know, 20,000 different types of items in the store? It always blew my mind. You know, how do you go about picking one cheese or over another, one type of milk, one type of egg? I mean, it really blows my mind looking at that store, which is a mini version of Apt, one of the biggest warehouses I've ever seen. And I've always just wondered, how do people pick these different brands and how do they get to that place in the first place? You know, that's my thought for the day, my curb thought. Your curb thought. You know what? I'm a cheese guy, so I'm definitely down to try most of them. Hopefully none are too bitter. Which it is jam-packed. This week on Friday, we release an awesome episode. We have an absolute American hero on our show, a true survivor. We've got Jamie Marseille. Joining our show, we're going to have her incredible story. I'm super excited to do that interview and release that for all of you guys. Following that up, we've got former Wisconsin Badger, former Sacramento King, Duye Dukin on the show next Tuesday. So we've got two guests coming up for you in our next two episodes. I'm very excited. we got a lot more guests coming after that. It's, uh, it's, it's sure to be a fun one, Wits. Yeah, I agree. Very excited to interview Jamie. She's got an unbelievable story, so make sure that you tune in for that interview on Friday. Absolutely, and it has been a pleasure getting into your headphones, into your earbuds. Maybe we're just on speaker in the car. It's always a pleasure. Follow us on Instagram at EthanRose4 and at Xander Horowitz. We're on Facebook. We're on everything. Pinterest is the only thing we don't do. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a question in the reviews. We'll be get sure to get back to those soon. Thank you all so much, and we're excited to be back with you guys on Friday. Oh, Have a good one, everybody. When I'm moving. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't out of, I know. You're moving by the bolo. It's the way, oh. When you're moving by the bolo. It's the play, oh. Break, break, break down. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto You forgot all I know You're moving by the bolo It's your way When you're moving by the bolo Break, break, break that chain Get up, get a moving it Feel the baseline with the groove in it Shit, the buzz ain't losing it I'm an next thing, I'm proving it Talk about how I'm full of it Bro, but I'll still be Buddha rich You wanna know how I'm doing this Listen, man, I'm moving by the bolo When you're moving, when you're moving back, we ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I'm moving, we ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move, I move, I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto, I know. You're moving by the bolo, that's your way when you're moving by the bolo, that's the play What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto You forgot all I know You're moving by the bolo
When I'm over by the polo Get them all aboard, move that thing on the heart of course And I'm back with the business and the big road on route to the promised land Get that involved, ooh, Dragon Ball Z when we stir it up, superpowers, murder I got you now, you feel the buzz like are you serious? Now you are so curious, how did you experience? Party on this open gym Be hanging on my shoulder cause you know we play Just gon' let it go. You just gon' let it go. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move it. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move, I move, I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto, I don't. You movin' by the bolo, that's your way when you're moving by the polo, that's the play What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto You forgot oh, I know You're moving by the polo When you're moving by the polo Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.